When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Sick Podcast, Steelers Crazy. We've got a big one coming up this Sunday night. Who knew uh, after the Ravens beat the Steelers to drop them to 5-8 and eight, that ultimately this Steelers-Ravens game in Week 17 will be flexed to Sunday night in a big spot. I'm Mike Nicastro. That's my man, Jordan York. We're going to talk about all of it, the Ravens expert, in just a few minutes we're really, really excited for you guys to tune into this episode. And once again, happy that Steelers football is still meaningful to everyone. Well, listen, it would for be now. regardless. Even if they were 1 in 15, people would still tune in. So let's jump right into it right after this. Sammy, go ahead and roll it. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. The Sick Podcast. Steelers Crazy. Harris Smith Shields. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. And he is host and producer of Locked On Ravens. He's also the managing editor for Ravens Wire. We are excited to welcome on Kevin Ostriker. Kevin, I didn't mess up your last name, did I? No, you you got it perfect. I'm proud. Yeah, it's it's good to be on, guys. Excited for Ravens. There's always good games between these two. Always good games. I have to ask. You seem like you might be in the same age bracket of us to a degree. Were you an American Pie fan? The movie, the series. Yeah, it's it's people always give that comparison. But yeah, <laughs> people when they look at my last name and say, "Oh, American Pie," so I, I get that one a lot. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm glad we got that out of the way because that was like my glory growing up in my teens. I thought it was so cool. Right. Watching American Pie and Ostriker was a great character in that. All right, let's jump right into it. Of course, we have a big game, as I mentioned, this Sunday night. And the elephant in the room, if you will, is Lamar Jackson and his injury status. So what can you tell us? Where are we at with that? Yeah, for now, we're, we're on Thursday and still no sign of Lamar Jackson through the first two days here. So it, it, it's not looking likely that he'll play in this game. If he, if he gets a limit of practice on Friday, then I would, you know, maybe there's some hope, but I would assume he would need at least one limited practice throughout the week. And so Lamar injured his knee week 13 against Denver. It was a sprained PCL. Adam Schefter reported a one to three week timeline, but the Ravens have been pretty tight lipped about it all where they haven't really put out a timeline. John Harbaugh has been asked about it. You know, he said stuff along the lines of we'll see. I'm just coaching the guys that are here. So they really don't want to put out anything on this injury status. And I know that they've had a couple of things in the past where they put out timelines and those timelines weren't necessarily accurate. Not like they weren't trying to, you know, put out false information, but sometimes injuries can, they can go a different direction than you think. And it takes longer to recover. So they've been tight lipped about their injuries in the past, you know, the Ronnie Stanley situation before he came back, we didn't really have a ton of clarity there before he actually got on the field. But obviously, Lamar gives you the best chance to win. Like, he's the guy you want under center. You know, Tyler Huntley, I think, is a fine backup for Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson gives you the best chance to win. There's no doubt about that. So, as of now, 
not looking likely he'll play. Maybe that will change over the course of the next 24, 48, 72 hours here as we get into Sunday night. But two two missed practices for Lamar, at least with the time of this recording. Maybe a practice report comes out on Thursday. They actually was limited, and, you know, it's just the media availability he wasn't. But for now, he at least missed Wednesday's practice, but he hasn't played. So I feel like he needs some time to ramp up that knee at least before getting back on the field. Kevin, there's been a lot of pondering nationally. I've seen some debates on some of the big you know, ESPN morning shows and talk radio uh, that Lamar is kind of maybe pushing in his corner to not to come back, given the fact that he's a free agent, given the fact that he doesn't want to re-aggravate uh, an injury, obviously, which ultimately I'm sure would lose him some money in the long term. And then uh, there's the other side, of course, uh, naturally that the Ravens are in a good position for the playoffs. You want him 100% uh, going into that. Is it a combo of both? Are you, are you ready to kind of shut down the, the former? You know, I, I think for what the Ravens have right now, they, they've built their team around him, but they've lacked building the weapons around him, I think is what people are looking at, where, you know, they, they have such – they often define so much better this year. I know Steelers fans are familiar with the name Alejandro Villanueva. He was a disaster, to say the least, in Baltimore in 2021. That offensive line went through a ton of injuries – but they've had that. And when the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson back in 2018, you know, th- they had to commit to building a team around him, around his skill set. And I think they did a pretty good job of that in the first couple of years. Where 2018, that was still like Joe Flacco's team up until Lamar got in. So, you know, you're not building it then. But 2019, they ask him pretty much, you know, who do you want? And they, he says Hollywood Brown. So they get him over guys like A.J. Brown, who was my number one in that class personally. But then you have D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, and all those guys. But then after that, you know, they haven't really brought in when well, you've seen Josh Allen get Stephon Diggs. You've seen DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown go to Kyler Murray. You have A.J. Brown in Philadelphia now with Jalen Hurts. So we've seen the Ravens and we've seen Lamar Jackson both say that they want their partnership to continue. Know that there's a lot of speculation out there. There are subtle hints that people are picking up on that, you know, Lamar being left off of a Christmas card by the Ravens and everyone's like, oh, my God, like he's leaving. Oh, my God. Like, I But I, I think for now. Maybe- not a big fan of Christmas. Who knows? No, no yeah. <laughs> I, I think that was more just like, hey, these guys are healthy right now. Lamar's not healthy. So we're just going to put the guys who were playing on the card. But regardless, <laughs> I, I think that the Deshaun Watson deal threw a lot out of whack for not mm. only but for a lot of teams, you know, with the Bengals having to sign Joe Burrow coming up, the, the Chargers and Justin Herbert coming up, that guaranteed money deal, Lamar, he, he deserves every penny of a deal he gets. He is a franchise quarterback. He is somebody that – you know, if, if he leaves, if he is traded by the Ravens, they have to kind of go through the entire process of finding out, hey, is the next guy we get the guy for us? And if not, it could set the franchise back two, three, four, because you have to continue to go through that quarterback carousel. So there's there's a safety valve almost in knowing you have a guy, but at the same time, signing him to a $200 million deal, 250 300 it sets your roster a little bit in the situation where you can't spend big on maybe a position that you need maybe as a corner or as a defensive line or an offensive lineman. So I still think a deal gets done. This is purely opinion, no reports or anything, Mm -hmm. but I still think that they get the job done. But I do think it, it's taken way longer than I thought. I thought I thought Lamar's going to sign back when Josh Allen signed, and that deal's looking like an absolute steal for Buffalo right now. Even the Mahomes deal's looking like a steal for Kansas City. So there's a lot of speculation going on, but at the end of the day, I, I'm still hopeful that they get something done. Great points. And honestly, some 
positive takeaways if you're listening to this naturally from a Steelers perspective, which I'm sure a lot of you are, that the Steelers will have Kenny Pickett most likely on a rookie deal for the next four years. All right, before I turn it over to JY, I got to bring up something. Uh, obviously, the Steelers were flexed into this Sunday night game. Patrick Queen jumped on to Twitter and, and said, uh, why flex that? I think it was only three words, dot, dot, dot. I made the assumption that Queen might be taking a little shot at the Steelers. Patrick Queen fired back at me. Uh, pretty pretty hard there. He gave me the before you start your BS. I meant I'd rather play early as a player. No disrespect to them. And then the peace sign, uh, which is certainly my bad if I put words into his mouth. If not, maybe a good recovery. I guess just a quick question to you. Is it a good idea to make Patrick Queen mad? Patrick Queen is a player. He is someone. <laughs> no. he, he, he's one of those guys that like. When he plays with his hair on fire, he is someone who like is pretty much unstoppable. And he he had a couple of rough years to start up and down, but a lot of that 2020 class, like during the COVID situation, they didn't have a training camp really. There wasn't a preseason, so they were kind of behind the eight ball of getting into the league and getting that you know oh we're getting up to the NFL speed. But this year, Queen, even before the Roquan Smith trade, he's been great. And I think when he plays with energy, and certainly energy on Twitter, he he has somebody, I don't know, him him and Roquan Smith together make up, I think, one of the best inside linebacker duos in this league. But even before Roquan Smith came in, Patrick was playing great. Like, he was playing really, really good football. I think Roquan Smith just elevated everybody else on that defense, including Patrick Queen. So, yeah, I thought he was talking more about just, like, uh, the timing. Because Baltimore's played two back-to-back Saturday games. So, and their their Week 15 game was flexed from Sunday to Saturday. So, they're, they're, they're moving parts. And there's actually a possibility that with this game being at 20 here, if the Ravens win and the Bengals win, and, or even if the Ravens lose and the Bengals lose, they'll be playing for the North in Week 18. That yeah. game could be the Sunday night game or, or something. So, the Ravens have been dealing with a lot of schedule stuff going on. I, I think he's excited to play in this game. I, I know all Ravens fans are excited for the Ravens to match up against the Steelers again. And the Ravens players always say that in order to be a Raven, you have to beat the Steelers. That's your official, hey, welcome to the club. You're a Raven. You got to beat the Steelers. I know for a lot of people that happened a couple weeks ago. So they got their, hey, you're a Raven now. But it, it'd be nice to do it again, I know, for a lot of those players. Man, you you just fell in, into my question. So obviously, a few weeks back, the Ravens did beat the Steelers. Why? Oh, it had to be the run game. Hundred percent, the run game. And it's it's crazy because I feel like everyone knew it was coming. Like everyone in the stadium knew the Ravens were going to run the ball. I feel I felt like the Steelers knew the Ravens were going to run the ball, and they just could not stop it. And and it's it was against a good Pittsburgh run defense. It's not like Pittsburgh's run defense was terrible the entire season. But the Ravens averaged 5.1 yards per carry. And, and the game plan kind of dictated running, where Tyler Huntley only attempted 12 passes. He goes out in the concussion <laughs> protocol. Anthony Brown has to come in. And Anthony Brown, high leverage. You know, you have the terrible towels waving all over the place. It's the fourth quarter. You got Renegade. And he comes in there. And, you know, he, he just he game manages. He had a couple of nice throws. That he was didn't his turn moment. All over. Exactly. And, you know, he, it wasn't too big for him. But you have J.K. Dobbins. You have Gus Edwards. Those guys carried the load for the Ravens. But I also think the other key in this game were the turnovers that the Ravens were able to generate, Mm -hmm. each of them coming in pretty plus territory for the Steelers, where they were driving down the field. Mr. Trubisky, it almost seemed like the exact same play to both Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen deep in the the Baltimore area of the field. Well, Matt Matt Canada is our offensive coordinator, so I'm sure it was the same (laughs) three plays. 
I know Ravens fans are having their issues with Greg Roman over here. So I know there are a lot of people who are in the contingent of moving on from Greg Roman as well. But even the Marcus Williams play where, you know, he was, I think what he was rolled down at the one or something because he got carried into the end zone and the Ravens were able to get out of that was Anthony Brown's first play, you know, go. And he said, Anthony Brown said after the game, he was asked, what are you thinking? Pass him in the one yard line. Like, what do you think? He's like, Hey, I think it's an opportunity for a 99 yard drive. Obviously it didn't go that way, but you know, that confidence. So I think the key, it, it's the same thing in this game. If the Ravens can run the ball, maybe generate a turnover or two against Kenny Pickett to get the momentum back. It was the formula for success, but Pittsburgh did leave 12 points on the board in a two point loss because they weren't able to convert in Baltimore territory. So if just one of those goes Pittsburgh's way. The outcome's a lot different. So that's why I always say it's always close, always hard fought and, and a player two can really define it. Game of inches. Um, we I know we talked about Lamar Jackson. Just talk about is there anyone else on the uh, injury report uh, for the Ravens? Yeah, there, there are a couple of guys who were definitely monitoring the status of Marcus Peters and Clayus Campbell, too, where they both didn't practice on Wednesday. The timelines for them, I think they're a little different, but I, I think the initial ones were a couple of weeks. So it wouldn't shock me to see either of those guys out there, but it also wouldn't shock me to see either of them not on the field too. Th- those are two very important guys. Marcus Peters has kind of had an up and down year. He was coming back from the ACL. So if he's not able to go, it'd be Brandon Stevens filling in at corner. They'd have other guys such as rookie Pepe Williams. And then Campbell, he, he is the Asia's wonder. He is still doing it in his 15th NFL yeah. season. But they, they have defensive line depth that's good. Justin Matabike, who's a third-year guy. Project Washington. They have Travis Jones, who's a rookie, third-rounder for them. So Campbell would be a big loss. Peters would be a big loss. Obviously, Lamar Jackson would also be a big loss. But those are really the three guys. Other guys on the injury report were either for rest, at least at this point, going into Wednesday. It was rest or actually illnesses. So hopefully those guys can, can heal up and be ready for Sunday. We're talking with Kevin Ostriker here on the Steelers Crazy Sick Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Check out the bottom line. If you're watching this on YouTube, follow us on Twitter at SickPodSteelers. I think you're at KOstriker34, correct, on Twitter. So everybody can go ahead and find that. There we go, right there. Nice little graphic we'll give it to you. I'm sure people out there weren't going to try and spell Ostriker. That's Sneaky E, I think. People would have given it a That's it. That's exactly it. All right, we'll get you out of here. Two things. And then uh, first one, we'll make it quick and easy. The Ravens will win if? I think running the ball effectively and also getting off to a fast start. But I think my biggest key, the Ravens will win if they score in the red zone. Baltimore has had a horrendous red zone offense this year. They are 30th in the NFL in touchdown percentage in the red zone. It's around 46.3%, I believe. You go over the last three weeks, that number drops to just 22.22% which is by far the worst mark in the NFL. So they've been trading touchdowns for field goals for the majority of the season, and it just hasn't been good. You know, there's been questionable play calling, questionable execution. And again, in a, in a hard-fought close game, like I'm I'm assuming this is going to be again, you, you can't leave those points on the board because it, it's probably going to come down to one possession. And the Ravens, they didn't have a great game red zone-wise against Pittsburgh. They did score a touchdown, but – it's been very few and far in between for them. I know Pittsburgh's red zone offense has been better than Baltimore's. It's kind of in the middle. But Baltimore, they've been going like one for four in the red zone, one for three in the red zone. If they can up that to maybe two for three or two for four and get that extra touchdown in there, I think it'll go a long way. So if the Ravens can execute and execute well in the red zone, I think that's where Baltimore wins. I know you essentially can take that fling thing, flip it and reverse it, like Missy Elliott once said, but – the Steelers will win if 
The Steelers are one if they can stop Baltimore's run game. I know that the Pittsburgh run defense was not happy after that game. You know, I talked with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers for today's episode, and he said that Cam Hayward, you know, was in the locker room very upset about everything because he didn't say they were out physical. It was just execution-wise and didn't get the job done. So if they can focus in on that and make Baltimore one-dimensional, if it's not Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley – he has had an issue pushing the ball down the field this year. He's not the best deep ball passer, still has that area of his game to work on. So if Pittsburgh can get Baltimore into second and long situations, third and long situations, and force them to throw the football, I'm not saying Tyler Huntley can't do it. I think he can, but I think it is much easier for Baltimore at this stage of the season to run the ball effectively as they've averaged 5.1 yards per attempt, over 7 yards per attempt, 5.4 in their last three games. That's that's their recipe for success. They ground and pound teams into oblivion. So if they can stop that, if Pittsburgh can stop that rush offense, get Baltimore into those third and longs and get the ball back to their offense and Kenny Pickett, I think that that's where Pittsburgh will win. All right, I'm going to bring Jordan back in. Maybe we'll get a little spirited debate to end this. Jordan, you go first, and Kevin will jump in. Jordan, your score prediction. I, I'm not just saying this. I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to say Steelers 23, uh, Ravens 20, just because I don't think Mike Tomlin wants to have a losing season. And I have I know that, you know, we're hanging on by a thread in the playoff race. But uh, if you paid attention last year, um, I went to bed and woke up and we were in the playoffs. I went from wanting to break my TV to <laughs> going to run and, and jump in the Allegheny River and celebrate. So I, I think that the Steelers uh, – pull it out obviously not having you know Lamar Jackson which which it's looking like that um that's why I say that I think if they did have him I think it would be the other way around and, and the Ravens would come out victorious um that, that's my 23-20 uh Steelers yeah I I, I think it's going to be close to I'm, I'm, I'm going to put belief in Tyler Huntley though I'm going to go 24-21 he's Ravens. a good quarterback he is he is he is and he he's had some struggles over the past couple of weeks but I think again he is the ideal player you want in this place of the Mar Jackson, if you have to start anybody, I think he's somebody who he, he's a good backup for you. But I just think the way the run game is playing, the way the defense is playing right now, those two areas, we didn't really get to see Kenny Pickett against the Ravens defense. It was two drives and he was done. So this is kind of like they get to redo it here and have the first crack at each other. But I think that for the Ravens, they have historically had success against rookie second year third year guys who are seeing this defense for the first time and obviously i'm gonna say it's kenny pickett's first time because we didn't see a ton of them but this is a new defense you know don martindale's in new york now this is a mike mcdonald led defense that is not as aggressive as don martindale don martindale's definitely the more live by the blitz die by the blitz guy very very aggressive exotic blitz schemes mike mcdonald i think is more situational and when he brings his pressure and when he simulates that pressure so I think we're going to see a very creative game plan on defense by the Ravens to try to confuse Kenny Pickett, get the ball out fast, you know, make him go through his reads a little quicker than he want to. So I'm going to say the Ravens ride their run game and their defense on the way to a victory. And they, they need this one, especially if, if Buffalo's not able to beat Cincinnati in Week 17. He's a host and producer, Locked on Ravens, managing editor for Ravens Wire, Kevin Ostriker. Dude, thanks so much. Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah Happy New Year, guys. Man. Thanks so much for having me on. Best of luck. RJ, yeah. Wyatt, that's a wrap on this episode. We're looking forward to the game Sunday night. I didn't give my prediction. Uh, I'm with you, though. I think somehow the Steelers hang on by a thread. It's just the Steeler way, man. Maybe. And, and I'm with you, too. If Lamar Jackson was playing, I would not have that yeah. same um, prediction. But he made a great point at the end there. We didn't even touch on it. Kenny Pickett didn't play that first game, essentially. He had the first quarter, went out to concussion, and then Trubisky was not good. So yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen back. again. 
I think it flips the script. But the big two games earlier, we need the Jets to lose to the Seahawks, and we need the Dolphins to lose to the Patriots. And then the Steelers will be playing for a playoff berth still on Sunday night. If either of those outcomes don't happen, they're eliminated before they take the field on Sunday night. So a lot to look forward to. That's Jordan York. I'm Mike Nicastro. Thanks for listening, watching, following, subscribing. It's a sick podcast, and we'll see you Tuesday. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.